when Mary came and anointed Jesus as she did. In the Gospel of Mark, it tells us Jesus says this about what Mary did. I tell you the truth. Wherever the Gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. This morning, and you know what? I, I don't know. We're just pushing all kinds of boundaries and I hope you're okay with that. But, um, you know, if you just want to sit down right where you're at, right up here, that's fine. Um, you don't even have to go back. You can just, if it's comfortable, sit down where you are and just, uh, this isn't going to be long. Just got a couple things to share with you. Because we've been going through this series for the last several weeks on one month to live. What would you do if you only had one month to live? And um, the last message in this series is on leaving a legacy. And a legacy is simply something of value that you pass on to others. And Mary left a legacy that has been passed on to others for generations. We're talking about her this morning. Our worship here this morning is, is in a sense, it's right in the flow and in the heart of what Mary did. And she poured out that perfume on Jesus' feet. So I just want to talk to you for a moment about legacy and how it is that you and I can leave a legacy. And Lynn Talia Farrow, I'm going to give her the time to share testimony because she's a living example of somebody who's left a legacy with so many. First of all, if you're going to leave a legacy, Jesus must become the center of our priority. I don't know about you, but a lot of us, when we think about priorities, normally we make a list and God is at the top of the list. And then depending on how we're feeling about things on any given day, you know, there's our family and our work and church and neighborhood and all of those kinds of things. And I want you to blow up that paradigm this morning because I don't believe that that's a biblical paradigm at all. I don't think God lists priorities like that. In God's heart, our priorities are like a wheel. And Jesus is at the center of the wheel. And all of those other priorities are spokes on that wheel. So when you're with your family, Jesus wants to be at the very center of the life that you are experiencing with your family. When you're at work, Jesus wants to be right at the center of what you're experiencing in your workplace. When you're in your neighborhood visiting with your neighbors, Jesus wants to be at the very center Otherwise, we compartmentalize our lives so much and we end up feeling guilty all the time. Because when I'm with my family, well, I should be doing this. And if I, I, I should really be 
um, witnessing to somebody right now, or I, I should be, um, you know, uh, at work doing this, that, or the other, or, or whatever. We, you know, we're always constantly living sort of compartmentalized and torn apart lives. Jesus is not interested in us living torn apart lives. He's interested in us living an integrated life where He's at the center and weaves all of those things together. Does that make sense to anybody this morning? So let's strip away these spiritual labels that says this is more important than... No, what's most important is Jesus says, where I am, there will my servant also be. So sometimes Jesus is at my son's baseball game. And I'm there with him. And sometimes Jesus is with somebody at 3 o'clock in the morning and that's where I need to be. Priority. You're going to leave a legacy, you've got to learn to be present and live in the present. Again, where Jesus is. To be present with Him where He is. Real time. That's right. Real time. So many of us live in the past in regret or nostalgia or we live in the future often in fear. Frustration. Jesus says, live with me right here, right now. Mary was fully present. Remember Martha and Mary, you know the story. When Jesus was in their home and Martha was, it says, distracted with all of the preparations. That word distracted is very interesting. It really means to drag around in circles. Does that describe anybody else's life? The treadmill anointing? Hamster on the wheel? Martha wasn't wrong. She just wasn't present in what needed to be right then. Mary did the needful thing, the one thing that was necessary. She sat at Jesus' feet. And she was fully present with him when she poured the oil, the perfume all over his feet. If you're going to leave a legacy, you've got to be prepared. I hit 50 a few months ago. I'm not sure what it was about that, but I'll tell you, something very practically kicked in for me. I started realizing, okay, there's some things that I need to be prepared for if I'm going to leave a legacy for my family, just in very practical senses, making sure that I have things properly prepared for them if something were to happen to me. That's just practical wisdom, to be prepared. So much of our life just sort of happens and we feel like we're sort of just, you know, um, floating along on the currents of everybody else and everything else around us. Mary was prepared. She came to the meal 
with something of value to give to Jesus. We need to be prepared to give to Jesus. Tom mentioned this a few weeks ago, when, and you've mentioned this several times when you've received the offering. I've appreciated that so much. Let him who has decided in his own heart what to give, not to give by compulsion, not to give just sort of randomly, but be prepared to give. Purity. Oh, posture. Sorry. Posture. Yes, another P word. Do you have any idea how countercultural, how completely out of the box what Mary did was? Do we have any idea? I don't think so. What does the Bible say about a woman's hair? It is her what? It is her glory. And in that culture and in that time, a woman would have carefully kept her hair, probably carried it up, probably covered as a sign of of submission to God, as a sign of, of, of respect. And what about travelers? What did they wear on their feet? They normally wore sandals with openings and as they walked along through the paths, along with the animals and everything else that was walking on those paths. They got dirt and droppings all over them. And when you came into someone's home for dinner, when you came in, that was the time when your feet were to be washed. And usually that fell to the lowest of the lowest servants to come and to wash the feet. To the nobody in the room. And here Jesus was. And everybody else was sitting around. Just watching and listening. And Mary comes. And she dismantled her glory. She uncovered herself and let down her head. And she washed Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. Is there any more profound picture of humility that you could possibly think of? Incredible. Incredible humility. And yes, there was purity. The pure nard, the unadulterated, the the unalloyed pure nard. Given and poured out at Jesus' feet. And what about us? Create in me A pure heart, David said. If 
We're going to leave a legacy. It's going to come in humility and purity. And did you catch her passion? Now again, we talked about passion last week, but I want to put it in a slightly different frame of reference for you. And Lynn's, I'm going to ask you to come right now. Because passion means literally suffering. Hebrews says that we bring a sacrifice of praise. That means, come on up here. That means we let down and let go. You're going to have to sacrifice. We have to sacrifice our agendas, our preferences, our cultural biases. We surrender our time and our resources. We give. It is a sacrifice. If you're going to leave a legacy, there will be a sacrifice involved. Hello? I asked Lynn to share this morning because she's been a living example of that among us. And a lot of us perhaps didn't even know that. For the last decade or more, she's been back. She has sacrificed being present here in the, quote, big service. As if God sees big or small service. That's our head, not His. But she's sacrificed and given of herself week after week, month after month, year after year to leave a legacy in our kids. As a father, as a pastor, I'm profoundly grateful for that. My son's being baptized next week. Claire, my kids... are the recipients and benefit of the sacrifice, the passion that Lynn has had for our kids. Living this out, walking this out. So talk to us for a little bit, and then I really will be done in about literally five minutes after that. So don't be alarmed. (laughs) Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Feels kind of strange standing here repeating everything that the Lord spoke to me last night. I heard through the song service and the prayers. Truly, God was here today. He walked in. He told us what he wanted us to hear. And I just feel like saying, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. So some of what I'm going to say is going to be a repeat. Pastor talked about the sacrifice and the things that have been done. But I was minding my own business when the Lord started tickling my heart and stirring me to go back and just help out with the children. So it was his plan, not my own mind, not my own intention. It certainly wasn't my plan. I went back and I started working with the children, just helping out. And pretty soon I was asked to lead the kids in prayer to teach the children how to pray. And from that would you serve as a coordinator for Kingdom Kids? And I was just about to open my mouth and say no when the Holy Spirit tugged me and said, not so fast. (laughs) 
Yes, that's him. And so what I did at that point was just back up and listen. I told the person on the, on the other end of the phone, let me call you back. I got off the phone, and I won't tell you what I, I had a little temper tantrum. <laughs> but then I, I listened to what God had to say to me, and he told me he wanted me to do this. He didn't tell me for how long. He just told me to go do it. And so I went, and I did it. From that point, the Lord started to drop in like snapshots of his vision for Kingdom Kids. I wrote it all down. I sent it to our pastor, sent it to the office. They distributed it at annual meetings a couple times. The Habakkuk says you should write the vision down, make it plain, so that he who reads it can run with it. So it's, it's written down. If anybody wants a copy, it is on file. You can have a copy. I was thinking about this, leaving a legacy. And there's a song that I, I really like that says, When I am gone, what will they say when I am gone? Will I leave behind a mission or a vision that can carry on? When all the works that I have done fade into the sands, Lord, let your spirit burn steadfast when I am gone. Maybe the person wrote that thinking about when they pass from this life to the next. But in my life, it's usually when I pass from one job to the next or when I'm taking a break between jobs. And I wondered about that many times, as I'm sure you have. Lord, the work that I did for you, I didn't do it for myself. I did this for you. Lord, let your spirit burn steadfast because you're, you never move. You never get tired. You never quit. You never give up. Lord, let your vision come to pass. And I have to say that I've seen the budding of the vision that God gave me, and that's enough to make me extremely happy, but it's in no way full-blown yet. But it is budding. 1 Corinthians 3.7 says that one plants, one waters, but it's God who gives the increase. Without him, you know, we can do nothing. But with him, all things are possible. Before me, there have been many people who have poured into Kingdom Kids. And since I've been here, there have been many people who have poured into Kingdom Kids. And will continue to do so. So one of us plants, one waters, but who gives the increase? So all the glory goes to God, because without him, our efforts are useless. Here's some of the vision that the Lord gave me. That Kingdom Kids and Children program at Bethel would be a fun, exciting, learning environment. And he's certainly working on that. That children would practice the presence of God. And, and you can regularly see our children lifting their hands, dancing, worshiping, and praying. Sometimes in the back there we start praying, and we don't get too much of the lesson because the kids won't stop praying. And, and the presence of God is so strong that it just continues. And so we may have snack, we may have a little lesson, we may learn a memory verse, and we're done. But that's what God wanted to do. So we want to be free to move with what he wants to happen. Salvation and baptisms in the Holy Spirit. Many children have, have received Christ in class. Many have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and have spoken other tongues. It's as he wills, not as we will. That visiting children will feel welcomed and want to return. And we've seen that happening. That regular attendees would be anxious to get to church and even hurry their parents along saying, get up, let's go, we're going to be late. (laughs) 
this is what God showed me is going to happen. That children would evangelize children and bring Christ to their neighborhoods and communities. And children are doing this. That children would serve the Lord and discover their giftings early on, not waiting until they're grown or old. But they would discover their giftings early on and start working on it. There are children in our, in our ministry back here who are prayer warriors, and they love to pray. There are children who run the AV equipment. I never have to put my hands on it anymore. It was so frustrating to me. I talked to the Lord about it. It's not one of my anointings. I struggle with it. Benny, are you here? Would you, Benny? Fisto, are you here? Would you stand up? These two young men run the AV equipment every single week, and they are awesome. Let's give them a hand. There are many helpers. Every child in Kingdom Kids who have graduated and come back to help, would you stand? Get up, Claire. Every child who is still in Kingdom Kids but help on a regular basis, would you stand? Keep standing. Stay standing. Get up, Joe. Get up, Noah. We have some very humble kids who they don't think they do much. But if you help at all in Kingdom Kids, if you're an adult, if you've been back to minister to the children in any way, will you stand? Get up, Pastor Tom. If you're a teacher in Kingdom Kids, would you stand? Get up, Peggy. We have so many people who minister all the time in Kingdom Kids. And this is God. You watch it in a few years, our young people are going to have all kinds of ministries in this church at a young age because they're learning to move with God. Thank you. You can be seated. There are people who show up on a regular basis. Stand up, Cammie, to help clean up. Every single week she's there. Pastor Ludovic, you didn't stand. You helped too. Not to clean up, but teaching. Our children have a child in India that they support send to school because without our support, this child could not get an education. We're doing many things back there. We have annual teacher training workshops and worker training workshops. This is all God's vision. And so I'd like to close with these words that you've heard over and over today. In Revelations 4, 9 through 11, the elders who are sitting on their thrones around God's huge throne. When praise and worship went up to God, they stood up. They took off their golden crowns and they cast them before the throne. And they said, worthy, worthy, worthy are you, Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Because you created all things. And right now, I just want to take any honor that I've received today and any honor that any of us have received today and cast it before the throne. Because without God, we can do nothing. It's all his plan. It's all him. And we're simply servants and happy to be so. My heart is just overwhelmed with joy. And even Heidi. Heidi, did you even raise your hand back there? Okay, Heidi's a teacher. Where is Fabrice? Fabrice, is he back there helping? Yeah. 
Fabrice has helped back in Kingdom Kids for so many years and ministered, taught. He's working now with AV equipment. I mean, it's, it's unending. And I just want to say, God, thank you. Thank you for everything that you have allowed me to do for you. And I just know that you will continue your work because you said that you would. I give you all the glory. Thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. And as we honor, um, as we honor Lynn today, we are honoring the Lord and the work that He has done through her. And uh, we just have a small gift to present to you today. And um, this is only a, uh, as we would say, a token of the much greater appreciation that we all have for you. And so we bless Lynn today. Can we say together, we bless you, Lynn, in the name of the Lord? Again, we bless you, Lynn, in the name of the Lord. Again, we bless you, Lynn, in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, we pray that you would return 30, 60, 100-fold to this, your servant, as she has poured out, pour into her, and as she steps into this season, of rest and the restoring. I pray that physically, emotionally, spiritually, in every way, God, that she would experience the fullness in this year of restoration. May that be, if we could say doubly true, that anointing over our dear friend and sister whom we love. We bless you, Lynn, in the name of the Lord. Thank you. Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Amen. And in just a moment, we're going to join Lynn, our special guest, um, Amy and Gil are back there preparing. We've got a cake for you and for us to eat with you. And uh, so thank you. And I am going to bring this to a very expeditious close. Prophetic. What Mary did was prophetic because... As Jesus said, it was preparing for even his upcoming burial. And when we live a, leave a legacy, we are being prophetic in what we are giving. We are passing, we are speaking and declaring the word of the Lord. And even what Lynn has been doing back here has been prophetic. What happens throughout, through the ministries and the life of this body, what happens through your life has prophetic significance. And finally, it permeated when she broke that perfume. It filled the room. What you and I do for the Lord permeates well and way beyond the very place where we do it for it flows out and touches the lives of many that we won't even ever meet or know. But we become the fragrance What if you only had one month to live? What would you do? First of all, you'd live the dash. Between the birth date and the death date on your marker stone, there's a dash. There's going to be a dash. We're going to live the dash, living today in light of tomorrow. We're going to learn to love completely. Since God so loved us, we're going to love one another. As Dr. Mar- Marladia... 
Muralidar, told us there is no limit to God's filling when we are overflowing. We are going to live passionately because enthusiasm is allowing God's dream to live in and through you. And we're going to leave a legacy. We're going to pass on to others that which is truly valuable. How about you? Are you going to leave a legacy? What will your legacy be? Several years ago, James preached a message that I've not forgotten. He said, in the race of life, we come along and we receive a baton and we pick it up and we run with that baton and there comes a time when we lay it down and someone else picks up the baton and runs with that. What will the baton, what will the legacy, where will we take that and where will those go? My prayer for my own children, to make it very personally, is that they will go further than me, much further. My prayer for you as a congregation, you'll go further than me. Much further. And take that which God has deposited and invest it and go into the fullness of what he has. Could you just open your hands as we close this morning with prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you. Lord, you who are always present have been very present with us today. How grateful we are. And Lord, as we prepare to go from this house today and on into the rest of this day, we pray that you will be with us. And that, Lord, you would fill us, Lord Jesus. Not just while we're here in this house, but as we go out, Lord, that, that we will overflow with that which you have filled us with here. And that our lives will truly permeate the fragrance of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, if we only had one month to live and we don't know how long we do have, we do know this. We want to live it for you. Now and always. For your glory. For your name's sake. And with open hands now, I pray that you would be filled with the immeasurable love of God the Father and the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son and the inexhaustible strength and power, comfort and hope of the Holy Spirit will be with you and yours as you go from this house to your house. Sent to make disciples of all nations, go with his favor and blessing as a banner over your lives until we gather again either in this house or in our eternal home with Him. Be blessed, people of God. Go in the goodness of the Lord and live for Him each moment for His glory and praise. Bless our time of fellowship now, we pray, Jesus, in Your name. Amen.